0: Hey, so you're listening to Just Another Fanboy, episode number 264, Self-Publishing with Keith Cunningham.
1: I apologize for that. But I think
0: you'll find this a bit more interesting. Hello and welcome to another all-new episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host. My name is Stephen. And before we get in today, in today, I skipped a word there, didn't I? Before we get into the meat of the episode today... I just have a couple of uh, quick announcements to make. First off, we are reaching the end of May, and I have mentioned it before, but the end of May means the end of season six of Just Another Fanboy. Now, I had previously said that I was going to go away for a month. All of June, I was going to go on a, a little vacation, and therefore there would be no episodes of Just Another Fanboy released during the month of June that is on the fast track to changing i don't want to talk about it just yet i will make it a, a, an official announcement next tuesday which will be the technically the the final episode of the season uh the episode in which i go on vacation that's still happening i i'll tell you this i am not going to be recording any new episodes in june however you should still get two episodes a week in June. And I, I'm not going to tell you how. That's that's You're going to need to wait until next week to find out how that's going to happen. The next thing I wanted to talk about is, you know, I've mentioned before that I uh, was a musician in a previous life. Well, recently, uh, two of the old bands that I used to be in back in the 90s, we have started moving all of our recorded material into the music streaming service Atmosphere. And so, uh, the band, Larry, we did three different demos for a total of nine songs. Well, I, I, I got a hold of the other three guys that were in the band with me at the time. And I said, Hey, do you guys mind if I put these songs up on all the streaming services? And, and, uh, they said, nah, that's, that's fine. Go ahead and do that. And so I actually collected them all into, into one album. It's called all inclusive. I, I, put a, a, uh, an album cover together, an album cover, but you put an album cover together. I put an, Oh, good Lord. I put an album cover together and, uh, you can now get that over on, on Apple music and YouTube music and Amazon music and Spotify. I think one of those, Music services. I, I can't remember if it's Amazon or if it's Spotify. They have lumped us in with every other artist out there that has ever used the name Larry. And so if you go into the, the artists page, uh, I think it's Amazon because I, I actually was able to go in and join the, the Amazon's artists account and claim the, the name Larry as, as, as mine own. And so I'm I'm trying to clean all that up. I'm I, I had to submit a bunch of tickets to remove every other album and single that is listed under that particular artist's account, the Larry account. So eventually all that stuff is gonna go away. But for now, if if you if you look up Larry in I, I'm pretty sure it's Amazon Music, um, you're gonna see all inclusive and then you're gonna see like 40 other albums from various different artists who are also called Larry or have Larry in their name. It's, it's very strange. Anyway, I'll have links in the show notes and, uh, to, to commemorate the launching of these songs going up in the streaming services. Um, I also created a video for one of our songs for, from Larry called Philadelphia. And, and it's, uh, I spent a lot of time on it. I'm very, very quite proud of it. Um, and, uh, I mean, I what I, I I use the the service Canva. If you've ever used that service, they have uh, like co- Creative Commons video clips, and that's all I did. So there's like a lot of footage of uh, musicians playing in certain areas of the video. You can't see their faces. It's just like close-ups of people playing guitar, or drums, and whatnot. And that's that's not us at all. I, I put that in the in the notes of the YouTube video that there is no actual footage of the band because you know we 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 toured quite a bit we played over 200 shows back between 93 and 96 uh and we got some of it on video but they're all on videotape and I have yet to be able to transfer that over to digital and even if I did it's all just a bunch of you know somebody setting up a video camera on a tripod and hitting record and so it's just a static shot of a stage from far enough back that you can't really Make out uh, really who it is by that point. Anyway, again, links will be in the show notes. the The other band I was in, Trinity X, that in that stuff's going up as well. But I uh, started uploading that stuff uh, a few days after Larry, so they're not. It's not all up there yet. But anyway, just wanted to make that information known. Now, as far as the main subject at hand here, I'm trying not to stretch this out too long because. I got together over the weekend uh, over Skype and I talked to uh, uh, a fella by the name of Keith Cunningham we we kind of go back a ways we've known each other online for I don't know 10 or 15 years I've I've known him since the 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 original just another fanboy days he's one of those fellas I met over on the uh, comic geek speak forums um, and have been tangentially involved in his, with him, uh, in creative ventures here and there. Um, just kind of brushing up against each other creatively every now and again, but, um, he's written a book, secret highways and other stories. And, uh, he went the self-publishing route just like I did. And he was tweeting out the other day when, after it released, you know, it's like, how do you, for, for those of you who've done this, how do you market Your book without coming across as you know an annoying salesperson. And my answer was, yeah, you don't. It's 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 not easy. There, I I have yet to learn that trick, which is why I don't sell all that many books. But I asked him if he wanted to come on the show and talk about his book, and he said, yeah, let's do that. And so sat down over Skype and uh, we talked for about an hour and a half. Actually, we talked for about two hours. I got it narrowed down to about an hour and a half in the recording. So this is going to be a long episode, folks. Buckle in. I will, uh, I'll I'll come in there at the end afterwards and and wrap up the show. But, uh, here is my conversation with Keith Cunningham. You have some fun stuff behind you. I just, I just have to say. Yeah. You've got some fun stuff. I'm, ooh, is that a, is, is that an original man? Is that a trade of the Man of Steel Mini?
1: That is actually a, uh, Pete, just a uh, artwork of the cover.
0: Oh, okay. Is that what it's all on, those are up
1: there? Yeah, they're like okay. wooden plaques.
0: So. Oh, very nice. Very nice. That's some cool stuff. I don't recognize the Hulk cover. I don't know what that's from.
1: Is um, that
0: a, what issue is it? I
1: that? don't know. Uh, it's issue 105, July of some year. It was approved by the Comics Code Authority, and it was 12 right. cents.
0: Well, I'm glad it was approved because I wouldn't have read it. Won't read those non-approved. Yeah comics and then is the iron giant wearing a loincloth am i seeing that correctly
1: no that is oh. the uh the wing of destroyer
0: okay it looks like he's wearing it's like you want it's he, jungle he's, feeling iron mo- giant. he's feeling modest it's like yeah. nowhere pants must have superman have loincloth.
1: well superman does wear the trunks so yeah
0: he 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 he's really doubling down on the underwear because he's like, I I got him on the inside and the outside. Just want to make sure.
1: Well, you know, if you're flying around, it gets cold up there. You want a little an extra layer.
0: Yeah. A lot of Funko Pops. I love I love the Funko Pops. There's so many that I would love to have. Or as I call
1: it, my retirement fund.
0: Is that David Tennant, Doctor Who with the sunglasses between the turtles and the, the Man of Steel? Boards?
1: No, that um, all of that is uh Stranger Things ones. So that's oh uh, okay. The kid with the oh nail.
0: okay, I recognize it now. With the big sunglasses, I know who that is now. All right, that's the 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 older boy. Yeah, the cool one. <laughs> I'm only I don't yep. I, I I don't know that I've gotten past season. I don't. I think I watched. I don't think I've started season three yet. I don't know what I'm waiting for. Yeah,
1: it's like I think the season four starts in like a week.
0: Yeah, I hear the season finale or the the series finale is going to be like two hours long.
1: I thought they were making a season five, though.
0: I I don't know. I feel like I read that season four is going to be the last one. Mm. Or maybe what I'm what I've been reading is about season five. I don't I don't know. Maybe. I don't, I don't pay a lot of attention. I don't me, know so. nothing. Yeah, you're gonna. I just have this regular home decor behind me. <laughs> you have like it. a grown up house. Well. I just don't have any, you know. It's like A, I've I've run out of money to do collectibles, and B, even if I had the money, I don't have room. I have room to put collectibles. I don't I don't have. Obviously, I don't have my own room for this because I wouldn't. Otherwise, I wouldn't be out here in the middle of the dining room doing my podcasting. But uh, yeah. And I'm okay with that. You're gonna you you're still a young man, Keith.
1: (laughs) You're gonna you're gonna reach an age
0: where you're just like uh yeah. I don't I don't I don't have. I don't have time for all that bric-a-brac. I don't have time for that nonsense. Well,
1: no oh, it anymore. helps not to have, you know, a family to have to spend money on. So.
0: Well, that's true. I just, I imagine if I didn't have that, just I, I would probably be covered in all kinds of geekery all over the place and then couldn't get a woman in here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, it's a self-fulfilling it's, cycle.
0: It's, <laughs> there's a trade-off. There's a trade-off. Yeah, she loves me despite the geekery. I do have an attic full of comic books that uh, are rather unsorted, and I just and never I, will be. Yeah, they never will be. Every time I go up and I, I, I'm gonna go up there and sort these comics, and I stand there and look at them and go, I'm gonna go watch TV because <laughs>
1: there's a lot it's of like they they're fine. Yeah, they're they're good. They're fine. They're okay.
0: All right. Um, well, let's talk about your book. And then okay. I think we'll just we'll just kind of go from there because you, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at your your website, which you uh, admitted earlier needs a bit of an update. But if I go to your about page, this is phantomspacemanstudios.com. I will have that link in the show notes. It says here on your about page that you are a writer, a cartoonist and an animator. Um, but we're going to, I think, focus more on the the, the writer part today, uh, even though one of the things that you do that I, I enjoy uh, a couple times a week is the old stale popcorn uh, web comic. That is that's all you. Right. I mean, you're you're writing it. You're drawing it. It's it's you. Yep.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, The it's Ryan King and I came up with the concept a while back and we did like an earlier incarnation of it. Mm-hmm. But I was the one who relaunched it. And he's like, by all means, go for it and for my sins i have
0: yeah yeah so everything that you've been putting up there for stale popcorn lately that's that's all brand new stuff correct
1: um some of it has been remade of they're like remakes of older strips ones that still apply okay that aren't like dated but yeah it's all it's all new art and stuff
0: and it's about a movie theater yep the the employees it's like uh you know, if if we're gonna use a a marketing technique where you, you always have to elevator pitch everything, and it's always best to, from what I hear, to use like a it's speed meets die hard. You know, it's die and hard it's on exactly a bus. That's like what that's speed, what speed meets yeah. die hard. So it's so a uh, uh, stale popcorn would be like clerks meets I don't know clerks in a movie theater, right? Yeah, there you are. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I worked as a film projectionist for five years. So
0: Yeah, that must have been fun.
1: It had its moments. There were definitely some interesting things. And then the um, switch over to digital projection kind of made that job obsolete.
0: Yeah, yeah, I get that. The only comparison I can make it to is when I I was working in a uh, Walgreens photo lab. And they switched from processing uh, film to just only doing digital photos. And it's like, print, I went from print. feeling like I had a skill to then just pushing buttons. That's, mm-hmm. you know, so, all right, that's, uh, yeah.
1: So popcorn. I've, I've kind of like, in my head, I've included like the, the, the idea that the theater in Stale Popcorn has, like, they have one old projector. Yeah. Right, that they run older movies on for special yep.
0: Yeah, because there's gonna be certain movies from back in the day that they don't that that's your only choice. You gotta yeah. you got to do the real. And is it is it like what we saw in um, Fight Club, where there's a little mark in the movie so the projectionist knows to switch out the
1: reels? Is that well the 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 thing about that was that used to be the the way it was when they were using the carbon arc projectors so you had like two projectors side by side um mm-hmm. uh, when they moved to the xenon bulb projectors they would actually assemble the whole film onto one big reel out of the smaller reels so those marks are where the reel begins and ends okay but um the projectionist basically just had to assemble all of that, and then it would be built for the run as when it was in there, and then it'd tear it down for when they shipped it back.
0: Sorry, I had a minor freak out there. A spider literally
1: just <laughs> came down from the... Ceiling. You missed your chance to become a superhero.
0: I did. I did. But with my luck, it, it I would just die. <laughs> so yeah that was uh, that was some film uh, geekery knowledge for everybody out there xenon bulb did I get that right
1: Yep. Uh, it's a uh, basic it's yeah it's a uh, z- xenon the gas inside a compressed bulb that don't touch it with your bare hand because when the skin oil heats up when the bulb goes off it'll go off like a hand grenade
0: and everyone in the world will die that's how the zombie apocalypse starts it's- that's It says that on the side. No, but
1: you can probably lose a few fingers. Yeah, and that would suck.
0: Working with old projectionists are like, don't ever touch the, you know, like an old shop teacher without with missing fingers
1: and stuff. This one was a bandsaw. This one was the (laughs) diabetes.
0: Nice. So what made you what made you decide to uh, because you just looking at your 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 web page, You are obviously uh, you got kind of your hands in a bunch of different creative uh, ventures, different areas, animation, writing. My fingers and more
1: pies than a leper at a bake sale. All right, a leper, huh?
0: What is? Okay, took me a second. I'm a little slow. Took me a second. Why? Why would a leper be? Okay, no, I get it now. See, yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, my my audience knows that I'm not a quick man that I'm not a smart man, but I know that you have dabbled in the writing of the short stories. And I guess this, this book and I, I obviously have to pull it up because I can't remember the title right off top of my head. Secret highways and other stories uh, would be a culmination of uh, years of writing short stories. Would that be correct? Am I, am I making
1: the wrong guess? Yeah. Before I actually started like the cartooning, long before that i was doing prose yeah and i kind of fell out of it a little bit just because cartoony takes up so much time
0: yeah and there's almost a when it comes to something like a like a web comic there's more of a uh of an instant audience gratification with a web comic than than prose because you know unless you're writing like unless it's mine
1: which does not have an audience well (laughs)
0: I think I think I think think a lot of us are in that boat. You know, I I, we may spend some time here with with uh, with Stephen being bitter about the whole creative world out there, because, uh, you know, I've 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 had my fingers in a lot of pies as well and uh, have have tasted the the bitter taste of failure many times (laughs) over he's pouring so, scotch yeah and i may you may find me complaining about the uh self-publishing community as well when it comes to prose which uh, i have a love-hate relationship with and we, we may get into that we may not but well i i know we're going to talk about self-publishing because
1: Are you that's, break that's my spirit.
0: obviously no no not at all no <laughs> not at all i i we'll we'll, we'll talk about it i don't want to launch into it just yet but so this is uh 18 short stories that you've put together in one collection, and then you have self-published it. It's available on Amazon, uh, both uh, the the Kindle, so you got an ebook, and you got the paperback, which mm-hmm. uh, you can get through Amazon. Can you get it? Do you do you have it out there in other areas, other places?
1: I will have it. Um, the first place it'll debut live, so this week, will be at Heroes Con in June. Because I have a artist alley table there. So that's one of the things will be. And I'm looking at the Amazon page. It looks like a couple, maybe stores have bought yeah. one or two copies. Yeah, because there's some. Yeah. There's one used from. Yep. So,
0: yeah, that I had the same experience. You also find if uh, you Google your name, sometimes you'll find uh, your book is already being pirated. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and it's out there you know,
0: for free of places. Yeah. It's like <clears throat> I found that with my books. And my first thought was, why would you wa-? I've sold maybe three copies. Well, what's the point of pirating? Is is the right. reason I've sold three copies is because everybody's getting the pirated copy? Probably not. But the the, the pirates do what they're gonna do.
1: They're they gonna jump all they, over they I there are some that seem to believe that it is a noble cause.
0: Yeah. So when you decided to self-publish this book, did you, um, did you do any kind of, did you go out there and, cause when I first decided to self-publish my first book, I of course didn't, I tend to, to jump into things, but I ended up spending probably a year listening to self-publishing podcasts and reading all the, all the, the advice and going to the forums and, and kind of immersing myself in that self-publishing community. Did you do any of that?
1: A bit. Uh, fortunately, people like you had done all that like, work for me. Nice. Already. So I was able to lean on a few people who, who have self-published before. Yeah. Specifically through the Amazon Kindle uh, Direct Publishing, which made it super easy.
0: Yes. Yeah, because, you know, self-publishing used to be a dirty word. If if somebody said yeah. I've self-published a book, people would be like, oh, OK. And because that meant that you literally hooked up with a, a a printer and just had a thousand copies of your book printed up and then you had to go out and try to sell it yourself. But because of Amazon and the Kindle and and they uh, open it, you know, they've opened that up to let people upload their yeah. books and sell them that. So it's that changed self-publishing.
1: And I, I think to me it was a bit less of a scarlet letter after having come through like comics and stuff because independent publishing had been right. such a thing for so much longer. Right. That you just, it was less of a brand of, ah, you couldn't go through a real publisher yeah. so much as I just want to play by my own rules. And I'm impatient. I had
0: that very same experience. Uh, when I started really digging into the self-publishing community, because there aren't that many of them who, you know, a lot of a lot of those folks out there, a lot of those that especially the the bigger names that make a lot of money on it, that, that that's their career. They self-publish their own books and they they live on that income. They this this is the only thing they know. They, they you know, guys like you and me, we're we're used to g- growing up in a community where yeah, if you wanted to do a comic book, you could do it yourself and it was a, you would self-publish it and it would be independent and it would be uh, you know, kind it was of a, accepted. Yeah. yeah, it was like a garage band type of thing. It was it was in in many cases it was the the cooler way to go, right? It was like you are almost
1: cooler. Well, especially because for so long it's changed now, but you had very specific companies that were publishing that had their universes. Yep. And it's like, well, if you want to do something of your own, you truly have to do it on your own.
0: Yeah. And as a reader, if you wanted to, if you were tired of superheroes, for example, and you wanted to check out other stuff, uh, you know, at one time really your only option was to look at those indie creators. Hmm. And it's because of stuff like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and then every you know stuff that came out after that that made indie publishing cool. And then, yet you have the prose side of it, the novels, and it's like at that time it was still, you know, you were looked down upon for for self-publishing
1: Probably the same kind of dichotomy that, to a degree, prose looks down uh, against comics in general, no matter how legitimate, quote-unquote, or illegitimate they are. So it's – there's always going to be somebody who's going to go, yeah, but it's not real. Right.
0: Yeah. That's what I say to them. So from my experience, you know, before I self-published, uh, you know, I, I spent all this time listening to the podcast and talking to the people and going to the various places. And and, uh, you know, the whole reason I went self-publishing is just so I, I I could do it all myself. I didn't have to worry about, you know, good Lord typing up a query letter that, that then went to an agent. And then so, then so first you on had a to, pile for
1: two yeah, years.
0: It's like, yeah. It's, it, yeah. So self-publishing appealed to me because I had this book and I wanted to get it out there. And so I would listen to all this advice and there was a lot of advice that I would hear that I just ended up just super ignoring. Did you find that yourself? Did What was the advice that you got that you just ignored and said, nah, I'm just going to do it anyway?
1: Um nothing real specific because I think in a lot of ways I just kind of like came into it at the perfect time all the tools were there yep and I was just like okay drag and drop drag and drop but um, mostly I think just in general self-publishing in general was the the rule I ignored
0: yeah. And I, I found that with self publishing, it's kind of like, uh, the, the kind of like podcasting. There's two different types of self publishers out there. There's the, the big guys who, again, they're making a career out of it. And so they have their own certain, uh, rules and their certain sets of advice that they will give the beginner that as a right, beginner, you it's can't always, for right. And, and a lot of it is, you know, you, you never put out a book unless you hire an editor and have your book professionally edited and never put out a book unless you hire a professional cover designer to do your cover and i heard those two bits of advice and i was like i, I no i'm going to do it anyway because i can't afford a those freaking are, editor and i can't afford a cover artist
1: yeah uh, unfortunately i i i've i have um another Writer who self-publishes things, who self-published a book that I did some artwork for uh, called Eight Gunshots, Luke yep. Foster. Yeah. We kind of basically edit each other. We'll write something okay. and like, send it off to the other one, and he'll send something to me. So that kind of is a, a nice back and forth. And as far as the cover, yeah, I completely ignored that. It helps to know artists.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: So I mean, what what's the difference between a a cartoonist and a professional cover artist, or it's you know labels?
0: Exactly, and because my it, here are my thoughts behind it. The the whole reason you go the self publishing route is because um, again, you want to do it yourself. You don't want people standing in your way and saying, uh, Nah, I'm not going to allow this to happen because uh, I, we don't feel like publishing your book this month, you know, and, and uh, a lot of these self-publishers out there, they, they talk about the gatekeepers. These are the, 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 the literary, literary agents or the people that work for the, the publishing companies. And they're the ones that, you know, decide what gets published. And as a self-publisher, you don't have to worry about the gatekeepers. And yet at the same time, if you listen to a lot of their advice, it's like, they kind of set up their own gatekeeping policies which is don't self publish a book unless you have the kind of money that it takes to have your book edited and and formatted and uh you know the the professional cover artist and and all that crap and it's like that's 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 all well and good but if i wait to to come up with that kind of money i never would have self published anything now i say that at the same time as I can tell you that that I really haven't sold a lot of books, but I'm not really a very good marketer. At the same time, so
1: that is my problem. I think I feel very. I don't like being like, hey, you know, yep. do this every time, constantly, barraging people with it, it's a, which is it's a, a terrible salesman strategy.
0: Well, it's a fine line that you got to walk because. You you need to be able to market your stuff. But at the same time, you don't want to come across as a salesperson because that will put a lot of people off. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to
1: look desperate or even worse, bullying.
0: Exactly. And a lot of advice that's out there is, of course, you know, Find, you know, what's what's the subject of your book? Is it, you know, are are you doing sci fi? Are you doing fantasy? Are you doing a young adult, blah, 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 blah. Narrow down on that and then just start going in and participating over on uh, reddits that that deal with the same subject and, you know, basically immerse yourself into all these different communities, spend months and years being, uh, you know, someone that they that that everybody likes and talks to and then you you start you basically create an audience that way and then you can start oh by the way did you know that i have a book
1: <laughs> and, it's and nice that's hard too time. right
0: it's yeah the marketing i work a 9 to 5 though it's like there's pros and cons if you go self publishing or you try to go through an actual publisher and self publishing means of course that you are responsible for selling that book and marketing that book and getting it out there in front of faces now you said you're going to a con, and that's going to be the debut. That, I think, is a great first step. That's something I've never done, and I've never been able to. So there you go right there.
1: Definitely, It's worth it to go just to experience, I think. Yeah. Even if you, you have to tamper your expectations. You go in thinking that oh, I'm gonna, this is going to be my fortune-making moment. No, that's not.
0: No, yeah. <laughs> you're yeah.
1: probably going to lose money.
0: Yep. I think anybody the the first advice anybody will give you is is if you are getting into writing to uh, be a millionaire, don't get into writing because that's not where it's at. Sure, it's worked for some, but it's like think about all it's 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 like anything. There are so many writers out there competing uh, just like there are so many actors out there competing for the same jobs. So many bands out there can com- be competing for those record deals and for those fans. And, and, uh, they always say the cream rises to the top, but you know, you just have to, you ultimately in the end, it all comes down to, um, what you're willing to put into it and how much, you know, how long you're willing to stick to it. And I, I do, yeah. I do agree that the, the cream rises to the top. And I think, um, uh, you know, it's it's a marathon. It's not a sprint.
1: Also, you have to make your own definition of what you deem success to be. Exactly. Are are you still enjoying this? Yep. That should be the main criteria, I think.
0: I agree. I agree. And uh, you know, I would get with. I remember getting into an argument with somebody on a on a. I think it was it was a message board or the comment section of a of a podcast, self publishing podcast, because. The, somebody was, it's, it's it, back to that whole, you have to have, you have to hire a professional editor and you have to have a professional cover. And, and I said, yeah, I'm not doing either of those things. I can't afford it. And they came back with, well, then you are disrespecting every single one of your readers and you're disrespecting all of us as authors. And I said, I said, look, basically what you're telling me here is self-publishing is a way to, you know, it's self-publishing the rebellion, right? They're the, the the rebels against the empire. And we're doing this because we don't want the gatekeepers telling us that we can't. But now you're telling me that, sure, that you can. that's the yeah. deal. But it's only the deal if you have a lot of money.
1: And right. And uh, whereas yeah. you're more more rather than like a overly produced punk rock band, you're an actual like garage right. band with a hand-drawn album cover. And yeah. And it's, and, and my that's thought was that works half the time.
0: Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not a, uh, I don't know if you've heard the term yet as you are doing your, when you're out there investigating the self publishing world, but I, if, have you heard the tour, the, the term authorpreneur?
1: Oh, God, no. <laughs> I wish a, I never had. That's, that's terrible. a
0: big one. And it's, it's, these are the, these are the, the, the self published authors that, again, they make decent money. They, uh, are able to do nothing but write and they live off of what they make writing. But then they also because one of the advantages of self-publishing is you can release books as fast as you can write them, basically. And, you know, if you can get them written and edited and cover art and all that stuff done, you could literally put out four or five books a year and, you know, novels. Whereas look at Stephen King. How often does he put a book out? anymore you know of course he doesn't have to but no. you know a lot of those uh, you know authors that go that, that are with uh, big publishers they even when they sign a de- you know they sign a deal and it's like all right we gotta we're gonna do three books and we'll put them out over the next six years basically you know and it's and uh, but if you're prolific and you got the time more power to you and the heart yeah yeah
1: I was just, uh, getting back to the authorpreneur <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I just thought that the reason to get into writing is because you didn't want to be a business person yeah yeah
0: I mean that's but that's again a, you, you also have to yeah to that's degree. part of the
1: trade-off but right You have to be your own your number one mo yeah. your own advocate yeah. and your own salesman but I wouldn't want to do it in a, such a way that the business of it gets in the way of the real business of it.
0: Right. And that's kind of a decision I ended up having to make for myself. It's like, yeah, I can't I'm not going to I'm not going to spend all the money to do the the, the stuff that I'm, quote, unquote, supposed to do. Uh, But that's OK, because, of course, then everybody would fire back. Well, then your book's going to fail. You're not going to make a living being a writer. And it's like, well, that's I mean, in the end, that's not really what I'm going for here. I just I wanted to write some stuff and, and, and get it out there and share it with people. Mm-hmm. And uh, sure, if people like it and I make some money off of it great. Uh, but I don't have time to do all the freaking marketing and all that crap that, that, that comes with it. I just don't, I got a family with, with three freaking kids and I, well, at the time, it's been a while since I put out my last book, but I had two jobs. Uh, heck I wrote my, my first book, uh, while I was, um, working in the photo lab at Walgreens. I had a notebook.
1: And that's why and, he doesn't have that job. That's why
0: I got fired. no, no, I would because uh, there was a lot of time as as photos were printing and I could just mm. lean against the big giant printer and and, and and write stuff in my notebook. But speaking of which, when do you I, I, I find it very interesting. When do you find yourself the most uh, creative? Uh, when and then when do you find yourself the most productive, like during the day? And do those two times ever meet?
1: Middle of the night. Really? That's when my brain turns on, which is great because I have to keep bankers hours for work. And so it's really messing me up. But Uh, so I've I've gotten to the point where I I have to force myself that, you know, I get home and just make myself work again.
0: Yep. Yeah. Which which can be part of the uh, you know, it's like you don't want to make yourself work. But at the same time, let me let me ask you this. Do you you ever feel this? You're 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 writing your story and you're kind of struggling with a certain part. It's like, I don't how am I going to how am I how am I going to get out of there? I know that I want to get there. Here's where I'm at right now. I know I want to get over there. I can't quite figure out how to get over there. And then suddenly, you know, it might take you three or four days, but suddenly that idea pops into your head and everything Mm -hmm. about that story comes together. Isn't that like the one of the single most
1: greatest feelings in the world? Oh, absolutely. Where It's just like, you know, you know, point A, you know, point C. It's this point B and the transition all the way through. You're like, eh, um, you're, uh, and then you're probably laying in bed at three in the morning and you're like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then it's just like, oh, I wish I could feel like this all the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's, I think that's why most people create is that, is that freaking feeling right there. You know, that, that, that stuff there in the middle, that's what Jim butcher calls the big swampy middle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's, you know, I I read a whole article on writing from him and he's like, for, for a lot of authors, you, you, come up with the, with the beginning and you, you come up with the ending. Those are the easy bits. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, what the, you want to
1: say It's yeah. the figuring out the, how to get there
0: yeah it's the really hard part exactly it's like i got the i got the opening written i've got the ending written it's a super interesting idea that's going to get from here to here now what do i just put all what do i what about all that stuff in the middle to to Mm -hmm. then get from yeah from point a to point c it's that's the hardest part but um do you let me let me ask you this is uh do you uh when you're when you're writing have you heard the term pantser Writing by the seat of your pants. There's
1: okay. there's
0: folks who 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 outline everything and don't start writing word one until every single bit of their story is outlined. There's folks who just sit down and start writing, and the story uh, ends up where it ends up. And then there's kind of the people who do a little bit of both. Where kind of where do you fall? I tend to think
1: of the end first. Yeah, because I know I I I know what it helps me to know where. I want to end then I, I do the beginning and then the middle. And I like to kind of leave myself a lot of freedom in the middle too. Yeah. Which is, I know not a real interesting answer, but
0: no, it's a, it's a, it's a good answer because I, I do find it fascinating. Everybody is, is, is a little bit different. Stephen King is a, is a pantser as they call him. And uh, Mm. he, I remember, Reading something, you know, along before I really started writing where he would say, you know, I, I have no idea where I'm going. I just start the book. I have an idea and I start writing and I have no idea where it's going and, until it gets there. And I used to think that's bull crap. You know where you're going. You can't write the way you. And then but then once I started writing, it's like I, I get that now because I'm kind of in the middle as well. I started out as a complete pantser. I would just I, I would have like the the first book I wrote, uh The Adventures of Norman, Oklahoma, literally started from a line. I just had a line. That's how that's how the, the whole thing opened up. And then I just went, all right, where do I go from here?
1: I've done yeah. that, too, where it's like you get like a really good opening line. You're like, how do yeah. I structure a story around this? Yep I've yep. done that from titles even. Yeah, yeah. It, it's
0: like yeah.
1: this is such a. There's a story around this title. I know it. I just gotta find it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, but then when I wrote, because the last thing I I put out was a, a collection of uh, four novellas, and one of the the stories was the the last thing I've the last thing I've written and completed. I good lord, I have a a folder full of stories that I've started that have gone nowhere.
1: But, I think everyone has that.
0: Yeah. I, that one, I actually, I started it, I got, you know, a few lines in and then I sat down and I n- didn't necessarily outline, but I wrote one paragraph for each chapter, said, this is what's going to happen in this chapter. This is what they're going to do in this chapter. And so once I got that done, then I sat down and wrote and I'm like, holy crap, writing the, the story now is super easy because I mm. know where I'm going. I know exactly what's going to happen it, in each chapter.
1: You know, yeah, it's like that's like. You just have a kind of a a loose idea of this is going to happen, then this is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I just need to kind of hit these points.
0: Yeah. But like I said, that first book, that Norman, Oklahoma book, just I literally just started. Actually, that that wasn't the first book I published, uh, but it was the first thing I started writing there. there. That whole that feeling that you get when a story comes together, that really it happens quite often when you're just riding by the seat of your pants. The yeah. problem with that is there's a lot of uh, I, I would have because I've always felt more creative and more productive. First thing in the morning, I'd wake mm-hmm. up, I'd have my coffee and I would sit down. I, I, I would I used to get up an hour before I had to normally get up for work and then I would spend an hour writing. and I would have mornings where I would just freaking type away and I'm just just getting it all out there and then I have mornings where I'd I'd go like 10 minutes of writing and then I just go okay I don't know where to go from here and then I'd spend the rest of the hour just sitting there thinking or or writing a little and going no that's not going to work and I delete that and I write no that's not going to work and I delete that so
1: but that is writing
0: though it is yeah yeah it is and uh
1: knowing knowing if something's not working is as important as knowing when something is working and I I do think knowing where you're going is very important, but also don't be so beholden to it that you aren't willing to let yourself be surprised by the things you come yeah. up with in the process. Yep. Because sometimes you'll be like, hey, this is interesting. And yeah. Kind of go off on, like you said, a tangent. And I didn't expect that I would go this way, but I'm really liking it.
0: Yeah. And then you might find that uh, a little bit later, it's like, wait a minute, that tangent I went on would totally, if we arc back on it six or seven chapters later, holy crap, that makes the book. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I figured or out. Or in a short twist.
1: story, it's like, you are you realize, well, wait, this is actually, if I have this tangent, this is actually two short stories. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's like, yep. or, you know, or these two short stories, I'm looking at them and it's like, no, these are actually one. I just need to, I had yep. one idea that I was trying to, do too much with or it's it needs to be a very malleable process
0: yeah and you you have to know and be able to accept when something is not working and that it's okay to just throw it all away you know
1: mm-hmm. and yet I, no, still kind I of mean, hold on to like it you burn it you just you know no, yeah you put it you up just, shelf.
0: exactly in case you need to come back to it and go all right i can i can do something else with this
1: you know because you never know when that moment where you're like I got it. This is going to happen. It was like six years later. I know what I need to do with this. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And that, again, that's a pretty good darn feeling. Mm -hmm. Pretty good. So let, tell us a little bit about, tell us about the book because I do have it. I got the, I got it on my Kindle and I will admit I'm not done with it. I've started. I'm, I'm, um, I don't have a lot of time, but I'm, I'm partway into the first story at this point okay. but it's 18 short stories um i'll tell you what let me just real quick let me read the official amazon description and then you really can expound official. on that if you want okay to. um and and when i say official this is what you wrote the description because that's what we do which is as
1: official as it's going to get that's right
0: this is i'm often told uh or was often told uh when i was writing the the hardest And probably one of the most important parts of writing your book is writing this description. Writing the stories is easy.
1: Yeah. Trying to sum it up. Impossible.
0: Exactly. Cause you want to, it's like you want to, you want to give so much in that description without giving anything away, but enough that Mm -hmm. people, it's really hard. It's hard. All right. So it says on a forgotten roadway in Oklahoma, two brothers find out they're on a collision course with terror. A husband finds a magic portal in his backyard A science fiction hero steps off the screen and into the life of a young boy. On Route 66, two men, each traumatized by World War II, cross paths in one very strange motel room. A lonely town in the frozen Alaskan wilderness is terrorized by a creature out of Inuit legend. In the ruins of a future America, a crossroads demon makes a new best friend, the lone survivor of the Roswell crash. Faces off against an old foe. Secret Highways contains 18 stories of the weird and fantastic, inspired by the American experience. Now, I'll tell you, I this is a really good description. Um, there's a lot of this that really appeals to me. Uh, the the science fiction hero steps off to steps off to the screen steps off the screen and into the life of a young boy. I find that very intriguing. Um the the Alaskan wilderness with the Inuit legend. That uh, there's a lot of this just in this description. I'd be like, okay, I gotta check this out because a lot of this sounds really interesting. So expound on that. Tell me tell you know, sell us sell us your book. Come on, man, mark it. Okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> no pressure.
1: Well, the first story in the collection is the one titled Secret Highways. And it's sort and it stands on its own, but it also kind of sets up the concept of the book. That there is America has a lot of weird things to it and there are stories that are unusual and not all of them are maybe true but some of them are legends and some of them are warnings. So the idea was a few of the stories in the book could potentially be seen as taking place in the same kind of world. Well, obviously some of them do not but you could maybe say that it's like being told from a point of view of maybe people around a campfire sharing stories about about what could be what is what some people think yeah my, my main um, I guess in point of inspiration when it comes to writing it would be things like Ray Bradbury or especially like the Twilight Zone mm-hmm. so each of the stories has that kind of uh, Twilight Zone vibe I mm-hmm. hope yeah yeah. But um, I wanted in this collection, each of the stories to either reflect a place in America, an aspect of America, be it good or bad. So the ones that are set in like vaguely future things will like reflect things potentially where we could wind up if we don't do things right or because there's, there's one story in there. Um, release for us which is, like, the idea of reality TV taken to, like, the most extreme example. And how insane and dystopian that could be. Whereas the idea of the science fiction hero stepping off the screen and coming into a young boy's life, it's an homage to the old movie serials like Flash Gordon back in the day. But it also is reflective of the boy's emotional state. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff, like, I thought about, like, trying to touch on in, like, American history that I'd have liked to have hit, like, bullet points of, well, this is a key American event or place or experience, and it just didn't... For one reason or another, I couldn't find the angle on it. Yeah. So maybe there's room for a second one at some point. But uh, hopefully... Hopefully it's... Honest. Yeah. Yeah. As honest as a story, uh, as honest as a book where, you know, space aliens and fosters can be.
0: Well, what kind of what kind of I mean, what kind of reactions are you getting currently from uh, anybody that, you know, that may have have read it? You know, like uh, you said, you had your friend, Luke, who does uh, some editing and, and stuff like that for you. And I'm assuming you have other folks in your life that may have. Read some
1: of these. Stories. Well, no, but well, nobody's ever going to say to your face, "This is terrible." So, right, right. But, but um, I, I'm really what I'm waiting for is to see what the completely blind reaction. Yeah. which have, hasn't really happened
0: yet. Yeah, start looking for right. uh, reviews to on Amazon, up, yeah. for example. Yep, yep. Reviews on Amazon are not easy to get. Yeah, you need them. If they're very important for the the sale of the book, but they're they're not easy to get, unfortunately. The easy ones to get. And you know what? Here's the thing. Here's the way I look at it, because people are more than likely to leave a review on something they didn't like. And so, yes, if if you're if if your book's not getting any review reviews, but you're getting sales, then my. Oh, yeah, it's like, OK, well, maybe people actually like it then, because uh, everybody loves to talk about what they hate. Everybody loves. I just spent money on something and this is why I didn't like it. But just trying to get people to tell other people, you know, in a in a in a setting like that that they liked something is not always easy and i'm, I'm not sure why that
1: is. Right. And i guess that is the advantage of the reddit type model where you can just upvote yeah. something.
0: Yep. Yep. So, now that you have gone through this, you you know, you compiled your eighteen stories, you formatted them, you converted into an ebook, you converted into a paperback, you've you've held that paperback in your hand, you've you know, you've you've got it out there, it's self published. What is your what is your overall feeling about the experience? Is it is it positive?
1: Blinding tear.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. But do you are you ready to little do bit another bit one? Like
1: being a parent probably in the sense yeah. that it's a roller coaster you have moments of just sheer like oh what am i doing yeah and and then like i'm super proud of this yeah but mostly there's a lot of poop
0: yeah yeah do you find that um you're really excited for complete strangers to read it but then if you learn that somebody you know hey i picked up your book it's like oh my god do i want them to read that
1: (laughs) i do yes i actually yeah because it's like there's stuff in there that it, like you have to disconnect yourself from the characters yeah. sometimes. It's like the character will say something that you would never say or do something that you would never do. And it's like, obviously, I'm doing this for the story and yep. to it'll, it'll, like reveal something about the character. But it's like, oh geez, this is terrible human.
0: Yeah, I mean, we all put ourselves a little bit, a little bit of ourselves in every character we create. However, yeah, uh, it just because uh, you you write a character who does some fantastically evil, vile, vicious things, that doesn't mean that that's what you think, or that's what you're gonna do, and or uh, no
1: matter how how tame it might be within the context of the book, you never want want to think that your grandma might you know right have to come stumble across a love scene or, right. or something right yeah.
0: I, I remember writing uh, uh, a little short thing about a, a serial killer that I, I've, I don't I've never put out there, but I, I let my wife read it and she kind of read it and she looked at me. And she goes, how do you how do you come up with this kind of stuff that you're kind of disturbing me a little? Is that and I'm like, and this is not the way I think <laughs> it's just this is what I think a serial killer would think. You know, this is right.
1: This, exactly.
0: This, it's imagination. This is how I would imagine uh, a serial killer would feel. When they uh, stick somebody with a knife, uh, mm. I wouldn't feel that way because I wouldn't stick somebody with a knife. But
1: like for example, it's in one of the stories there is a character who uses a particular racial epithet. Oh boy! And just writing it was like, yeah, oh, this is really, yeah, I don't, I don't like having to even write the word, and it's just, right. but it really just goes, yeah, that. You understand the story right there when you're Yeah. Like,
0: yep. Yeah, it's like sometimes the only way to get somebody to really understand the villain in a piece is for them to do stuff like that, that, of course, you would never do. And, oh, my God, I, I can understand how that just would be for hard for the to... sake
1: of shock right. value. Exactly. Yep. But you do want to definitely impress upon the reader that, oh, yeah, this is who this is. Yeah. Yep. So you did
0: the you all you did the paperback option as well, which is uh, mm-hmm. uh, a really nice service that that Amazon does. Which size did you choose?
1: Uh, it
0: is six by nine. Six by nine. That's what I went with as well. This is just writer geek stuff now. This is some geek yeah. stuff. Did well, you go with a I, glossy or a or a matte I cover? I did not,
1: and I regret it. Really? I love my. I, I find ask. that the matte um, gets kind of like you you can see fingerprints on it and i don't like
0: yeah it. yeah well you can well you can change that though you can go into amazon and just change it so that future ones will will be glossy yeah that's that's another nice thing about self publishing you know because i don't care who you are i don't care if you are keith cunningham or you're freaking stephen king there will be typos in your book and oh yeah fact,
1: definitely i found one already
0: yeah there you know <laughs> it's it, like
1: it's one where just an actual word so Spell check didn't catch it but it's like wait this sentence no longer makes sense yep and And, you know and then you're looking at something and you're like I should have italicized this line and it would have formatted it a little nicer and it's little because you're never fully gonna let it go you're always gonna be exactly people like gave George Lucas so much stuff for like not being able to like go but I get it
0: no I totally get it
1: you're always gonna look and go well this and then this yeah that's better hmm.
0: yeah it's like this is what i wanted to do back then but uh, the technology wouldn't allow it now that i i can do it i want to do it Get, let, just let me do it yeah but you know with e- even like uh you know you could pick up a, a freaking stephen king novel and you're reading it and realize holy crap they misspelled this word the you know it's it's gonna happen it's you can have 16 different people read that page, and not notice it because of Mm -hmm. the way our brains work. They're expecting to see a certain word, and that's the word that their brains then interpret. Because
1: I was reading a study that nobody actually truly reads a whole word. Right. You skim like a line of letters and your brain assembles it.
0: Yep. It's like like a cookie in a freaking internet, in your internet browser. Mm -hmm. It's like the You you type in a website address and and instead of pulling up the most up to date website all the time, it'll, it'll just to make it quicker. It pulls up the version that was there the last time you looked at it. And yeah, yeah, that's what your brain does. It's expecting to see a certain word. Have you ever seen like
1: the words where they just scramble the letters, but you still know exactly what they were.
0: You still read the sentence it reads just fine. Yep. But with this as a self publisher now, of course, you can go in and you can make that change. It's like, oh, I, I, I completely put in the wrong word here. I'm going to go in. I'm going to update my manuscript. And every new ebook that is sold will have the correct version. Now, of course, every paperback that you've already printed out to sell and every paperback that has been bought will still have that incorrect version. And that but just
1: increases the value. No, that's no. right.
0: I've got I've got the version where he didn't put the apostrophe in can't <laughs> on page 63. Yay! But uh, yeah. So glossy, huh? You think you should have went with the glossy? I think so. I went. Well, I went with. I
1: probably just have really sweaty hands though. So
0: I went with matte. The the matte finish on all mine. I did have uh, one of the books. Um, our friend Harold, who did the cover for one of my books, uh, I sent him a copy, and he thought it would have looked better on glossy,
1: but. <laughs> I think with the actual cover that I have, like if you're just looking at it separate from handling it, it mm-hmm. looks better in matte. Yeah. But I think when it comes to actually reading glossy, is better. So
0: let's, let's get into more geeky technical stuff. Um, what did you use to put the cover together?
1: That It was actually as far as like the program or. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the piece of a artwork was easy because i actually had a um public domain photo that i was allowed to use so I i was just looking at it and like well that's perfect for this why wouldn't i use that um as far as the technology i used the same program that i use as when i do my cartooning which is clip studio paint yeah so i just created a um canvas that was the six by nine size and Dragged everything in, and I already had all of my fonts and stuff ready to go. So I was able to just. Nice.
0: I use a combination of uh, Canva and then a really old
1: version of Adobe Photoshop. <laughs> hey, Photoshop works. Yeah. That's what yeah. I used for many, many years until they went to the subscription model. Yeah. Yeah, me too.
0: So, okay. Um, what do you use as your your writing tool? What What software do you use? Microsoft Word. Really?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it was nice because I was able to do all the actual paperback formatting in it, too, which I didn't realize I would be able to do. Yeah. Amazon had like a this is how you do this inside Microsoft Word.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. I use Word for for my paperback formatting as well. I use a thing called uh, Scrivener for when I I write, and it also formats uh, it does the converting for ebook to different to oh, the different nice. e- ebook uh you know whether the mobi for your your kindle or your epub for for other places and pdf it's and it's really to nice
1: check that out
0: yeah it's um i i ended up getting it uh for it was either a discount or for free because of the one year that i did nano the mm-hmm. national writer novel writing in a month or whatever it's called and i actually uh, did the 50,000 words in the month and they often give away prizes for people who can do that. And one of the prizes was the, the Scrivener software. So
1: yeah, that's 50,000 in a month. Jeez. <laughs> but that's, then I've, I've done, the, I've done 24 hour comic day, which is a yeah stressful experience too. Yeah.
0: I haven't done 50,000, uh, in a month since then. And that's ultimately what became my, my first published book. But uh, Scrivener is a nice piece of software because it's, it's built for, um for writing and publishing, whether it's a novel or scripts,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, it's, it's, it's got a, uh, one of the things I ended up finding very helpful when it came to that last story where I um just basically created a description for each paragraph i didn't have to do that within the book itself there are these little like there's, note cards that float sounds outside. a little bit
1: like a program called caltex probably there's a lot they're all that very that similar. was more specifically for screenwriting
0: yeah i think scrivener is uh w- does was scrivener marketed- have like
1: tools set in for formatting for like screenplay format yeah
0: yeah i i think it was originally marketed as a uh Tool for screenwriters, but a lot of uh, self-publishing novelists have have started using it as well, and so they've they've made updates. Probably to,
1: because to, it to, makes uh, the Kindle formatting so easy. Yep. Yeah. We've gone deep into the weeds here. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's all right. I think uh, I think two or three of my listeners will find it <laughs> will find it interesting. Um. So, do you have? Are Are you ready to to do another book? Um. Oh you,
1: yeah, I always have like seven, eight hundred projects on the back yeah, burner. Yep. Yep. It's just finding the time. Right now I'm finishing up um a few comic short stories for uh, Strange Places, which is my my other big project. Yeah. Which is my comic anthology thing. Yeah.
0: Now, how many of those have you put out so far?
1: Um five issues and then two issues of Strange Places Presents, which are like longer format stories yeah so like one story in, in per issue instead of like four and where can folks go to check those out here's con in june right nice 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 i'm going to eventually get a uh, good collection put together yeah so.
0: you're gonna go now, digital with any of that stuff and get it over on places yeah, like comiXology
1: yeah if you're in europe uh you can check out some of the stories in a European anthology series called Apocryphus. Nice. If you can read Portuguese. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I cannot. Maybe some of my listeners do. Yes, but that's uh that that is uh published by my friend Miguel George. Yeah. So the the arrangement that we would put together is I'd write he'd he'd draw and we'd uh he'd publish it in his thing and then I'd publish it in my thing is kinda Nice. Yeah that's cool.
0: That's a nice collaboration.
1: Yeah, that's, it's weird because I've been working with Miguel on different things uh, for 13 years.
0: And <laughs> what was I, say the last name again. Miguel George.
1: Uh, it, oh, yeah. It spelled how you would spell Jorge. But. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. I know who that is. Yeah. yep, cool. Google. So. All right. Let's let's uh, back to the book. Let's think about next level. Are you thinking of audiobook?
1: I hadn't. Um
0: you know, Amazon has uh well, I don't know if they still do it. I know they have their uh, their ACX, I think is what it's called, where you can, you know, upload your own your own audiobook. But through that, they may still do it. Um they had a program where you could hook up with uh audiobook narrators and Basically, you you can work out various deals with them. And in some cases, you know, you just you pay them up front and they record it in some cases. If, uh you know, there there's a, a like a, a royalty split where if they mm. you know, they like the book, they believe in it enough, they will they will record it. And then you get a certain percentage of the royalties and they get a certain percentage of the royalties and. Um, then of course there's the there's just the old fashioned do it yourself.
1: It does appeal to my vanity. It's been a while since I've had any acting credits. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I've uh, I've thought about it. Somewhere so some there's mine. a
1: link to my IMDb page. <laughs> it's it's been I so think long it's on since your, I've done film stuff. I think it's on your website. Probably. You look, um, yep, another somewhere. fun thing about the idea of doing like the audiobook is I can uh, play with some of the sound editing and. Yep. Make it more of an immersive experience, which again is not something I've had a chance to do really since college.
0: Yeah. So, playing um, with sound, I, is, I do. Playing with sound is fun.
1: It, it it really is. Um. Yeah, I haven't done any film related stuff since then, and it's want to scratch that itch. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, he's going off on a new direction. I know. See, <laughs> I can't. I have a real hard time sitting still.
0: Yeah, no, I get that. I uh, you know what? I am the same way. It's just that uh, I'm also rather lazy. So <laughs> It's like, you know, I got this Twitch and it's like, I want to be creative. I want to be creative,
1: but I don't want to really do anything right now. Mine my, my, my is mostly like, but I also have to work and pay my bills. Gosh.
0: Right. Yeah. Real life, real life just run it, kind of kicks you in the butt every now and then. And, and it's
1: again. like, yeah, I'm also saving up money to buy a house. Uh, yeah, so Yeah. 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 All right, Um
0: trying to think if there's any more questions I have in regard to your book and then self-publishing in general, because uh, it's been a while since I've done it. And every once in a while. When are I, you
1: going to next release? Yeah. something?
0: I don't know. I guess like I, 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 every once in a while I open up my, yeah, my, my, my script
1: here. My, yeah. Now it's my podcast. I am gotcha. the captain
0: <laughs> every once in a while I open up my Scrivener and I look at various things that I've started and try to decide, cause I do, I want to put out something else. I, it is, it's a, it's a, it can be a long and grueling, uh, very emotional process, but mm-hmm. when it's over, that's, there, you know. On the one hand, it's like it's oh, I've got this, it's done, it's complete, boom, it's out but there. But you also feel so a little good.
1: depressed because you're like, what now?
0: <laughs> yeah, what's yeah, yeah? It's like there's nothing. <laughs> what am I supposed to do tomorrow morning, right? And then of course I, I, it's you're. It's
1: probably like a like a bit like empty nester syndrome.
0: Yeah, and then of course you you put it out there, and then ten minutes later you're looking at the you're on the the dashboard looking on the at
1: report say how many people how many. Why isn't this selling hundreds of thousands of copies already? Yeah. What am I doing wrong? I need to make exactly. more people aware. Yeah. I give up.
0: I'm never doing this again. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I I think about it all the time, but I'm kind of in the same boat where I have, uh you know, a lot of stuff going on in my personal life as far as family and kids and work. And, but then at the same time, I've also, um I'm doing you could
1: just become like a deadbeat. I could, I could,
0: <laughs> I don't think I have the I don't I don't think emotionally I can handle that. I think I think I think I would actually let the guilt get to me.
1: See, the uh, key is just become cold and dead inside like me. Yeah,
0: I'm working on that. I've been taking pills, but uh, they haven't they haven't kicked in yet. The, <laughs> they're The called robot pills.
1: They're just depressants. <laughs> yes, yeah, depressants. Antidepressants.
0: Yeah. Cold heart pills. But uh, yeah, uh, right. You know, it's like I the podcasting almost at this point is kind of scratching that creative itch. Mm-hmm. to a certain extent uh but yeah i do I, I i look longingly at the the nine or ten different things that i have started uh over the years and i want to publish each and every one of them but i'm just uh, it, it's like there's a reason Isn't why I it's the stopped.
1: worst that what you want to be creative and then feel guilty yes. when you don't and then yes. you look at other people who who just can seem to like go around and yeah. live their lives and you just like why can't i have that yeah what why can't why what why am I not forced to stay up in the middle of the night, just feeling guilty? Because it's like, no, I'm gonna get a full night's sleep tonight instead of I yeah. really should have finished this thing.
0: Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, then there's all those folks out there that are being creative and writing and publishing and putting out comics or or, or, or books or or whatever. And yeah you just hate them hate each and every one of them
1: and um, they hate themselves just <laughs> that's true sure. that's true it's it's like it's the grass is always greener thing but it's a different different set of i'm sure they're feeling the same thing yeah. creative people not not trying to claim that i am but are de- we're definitely a uh a, a broken set of toys
0: yeah very true very much true yep
1: all right um
0: what else you got going on what is is there uh What's on the what's what's in the fire for Keith Cunningham? What irons do you got? You got stale popcorn. That's stale popcorn. That's going for a while. Is there is there a an end date to that or a break
1: or is it you just? I am looking at maybe doing it in like seasons. Yeah. Um, I think so that helps. So maybe around fall, I might take like a a season break for a couple months.
0: Yeah, I think with something like that, you almost kind of have to because then instead of sitting down each time you're getting ready to to create a new strip from scratch you're not thinking to yourself all right here's the next one in the ever expanding line of strips i have to do forever with no end in sight
1: where i fortunately i like to work with a buffer on that so i'm usually about 30 strips ahead
0: that is good
1: that's really good yeah i built up a lot before i actually launched
0: Yeah, that's always a good idea. I'm usually too impatient to do stuff like that. You know, I uh, I with this podcast, I've kind of designed it. I I do seasons. Uh, In fact, uh, at the end of May will be the end of the current season I'm on. And then I'm taking a month off. And uh, I am going to try during that month to still record and get episodes in the can. Uh, But it's always helpful.
1: Stale popcorn. um, I was I had. I was ready to relaunch, and then like COVID hit, and yeah. movie theaters weren't open right. for like the better part of a year, and it felt very disingenuous to like yep. try to tell that story at the time. So I was like, kick ah, this can down the road a little bit, yeah. and I was able to like build up an even bigger buffer. And yeah.
0: Now, how often? How many? Because they are they more than once a week? Uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays and Thursdays. Okay. I'll have the, the link in the show notes for that as well. Um, and again, that's at this point you're writing it and you're drawing it. You're you're doing mm-hmm. it all yourself. You're the one man band there.
1: Mm-hmm. How are um,
0: how do you find uh, collaborating with others versus working on your own?
1: Um, it, it's a very interesting experience. Like the stuff like I love when you're working with another artist and they think of something that you never would have thought of. put it in there like that's so clever yeah (laughs) and it's just like i I love those little surprises
0: yeah i think if you're working if you if you have the right collaborator um it can be a wonderful thing
1: but at the same time i also really like when i have a clear idea of something being able to go well i'm just going to go and do this yeah so it's a very they're very different experiences but they're both rewarding
0: yep yeah there's something to be said about um I guess, not having to depend on anybody to, uh, put, you know, to have.
1: It's generally, generally cheaper. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: When I, uh, I, I spent a lot of my youth in various bands and, uh, it's like you have to depend on two or three other guys to, uh, to get the vehicle moving. And while if, if everything's running correctly, it's a, it's It's a great thing. Yeah. But when it's not, it's like, (laughs) I could just let me do it. You know, it's like if I could play all these instruments, I would do it. But mm. so there's there's it's there's, much
1: easier to just keep track of yourself than Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: All right. Um I'm gonna, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm going through my, my mental filing cabinet here. Uh let's uh let's go a little a little off topic here. What right. what currently out there, be it uh television, comics, novels, whatever, what What are you currently enjoying? What are you currently ingesting and enjoying
1: uh, on a weekly Uh, basis? I'm loving, loving, loving Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Yeah, I need to get into that. It is perfect Star Trek, I think.
0: Now, I'm told because I just started Discovery. Okay. I think I finished season one. I don't know. I can't now. I can't remember how far. Don't shouldn't you get to a certain point in Discovery before you start watching
1: Strange New? I don't think it's necessary to watch season two of Discovery, but I think it'll give you a little more appreciation. All right, because they they did definitely launch it with the 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 actors from season two playing Pike and Spock, and I there are things that are loosely referenced.
0: Well, then I might as well just keep going with Discovery then at this
1: point. Yeah, uh, season two, I think, for Discovery was lit, like the high point of the show, yeah. too. So. Okay.
0: All right. What else? What uh? Anything else on the, the streaming services that...
1: Um, well, Um. everything's kind of like the off-season right now. Um, Looking forward to Obi-Wan Kenobi? Oh, yeah. That's coming up real quick. That's Friday, I think. I think so. That's going to be... Now that's the same day Stranger Things season four hits, so give yeah. me, I'll, I'll, I'll just fall into a TV hole that weekend.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I've, I've enjoyed, um, all the, the Disney Plus Star Wars stuff that's come out so far. Yeah. So, and big fan of the Ewan McGregor Obi Wan Kenobi. So, mm. what about, what about Moon Knight? Did you, did you watch Moon Knight? what did you think about? Yeah, that?
1: I enjoyed that. 92. I I don't know much about Moon Knight. And I didn't know much going in, except the basic premise of the split personality Egyptian. Yep. yep. But beyond that, not really a lot.
0: Yeah, that's about a, as much as I knew as well.
1: Yeah. Which was kind of refreshing because so many other of the Marvel characters I had such a knowledge of that it was yeah. like I know what much. they're doing here. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Have you watched the uh, the trailer for She Hulk?
1: yes that looks pretty good I'm looking forward to it obviously the uh, I saw a lot of people complaining about the CGI online. I was one, I obviously was one. it's not done yet
0: see see I was I was one of those people I'm like I'm not I'm not too thrilled about the CGI but the moment somebody pointed that out to me I was like oh yeah that makes sense <laughs> and I stopped complaining about it
1: they're gonna be working on it up until like the week before
0: it just there there's a part of me that it just seems silly. I get that they want to get a preview out there, but right, I you know,
1: it's almost like Marvel doesn't need to advertise at this point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the the whole you know everything. Or they about, maybe could have hinted at her more yeah. than shown her yeah. directly. Exactly. Wait until they had more of it finished. Yeah. So I I get it
0: there's such a whole mechanism anymore in place around a lot of stuff like that. It's sadly, we've actually gotten to a point where now we're getting teasers for teaser trailers. You know, it's like, here, here's the teaser for the teaser trailer. And now here's the teaser trailer, which really is a teaser trailer for, which is a teaser for the actual trailer. And it's like, just, I I get it. Cause, cause I'm, I'm one of those idiots that's standing in line, you know, shoveling everything they give me into my mouth. But Then at the same time, it's like if
1: uh, I am a definite consumer, that's for sure. But I I, think you know how Alan feels about the trailers, right? Who? Alan White. Um,
0: no, I'm sure I do, but it's he doesn't want to see any
1: any any. Oh, that's right.
0: Yeah, he's funny. He's one of my favorite people.
1: It is hard to be around him and and just not be in a good mood.
0: Yeah. One of these days, I'm, I'm hoping I've never met him in real life. And actually, I you know what? I don't know why I, I'm going to say this right now. He's going to listen to this episode and, and he, he, he's probably going to be like, uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know why I haven't had him on the show yet. I need to do that because I, I think he and I would have a good time just talking about nothing in, in general, just all kinds of crap. Huh? Alan, yeah. I'll reach out to you, buddy. <laughs> uh, season six, though, we're coming to a close, so we we may wait till uh, July before we do anything. Cause uh, yeah, he he he's he's a great guy. Um, all right. Uh, what about comics? Are you are you still reading comics regularly?
1: I don't read them in floppies anymore. I just yeah. do collections when okay. they come out. So I'm perpetually six months to a year behind on what's going yeah. on.
0: Well, I read I read them on the apps, so I'm yeah. pretty much the same way.
1: I'm loving everything they've done with uh, IDW's TMNT series. <laughs> so
0: good. All right, I, I have to I, I I have to tell you um, one of the other podcasts I do is called My Other Podcast, and it, it's uh, I, I have to give a little bit of uh, uh, information before I tell you my story. But this is a, a podcast I, I used to only do for my patrons. And uh, just recently, I've started. You know, they they get the episode on a Friday, and then it goes public the next Friday. And mm. so this Friday, an episode went up in which um, I've had I had a, a nerdcore rapper, Sulfur. Do you know him? Okay. I'm not familiar. He he's been on a few Adam Warrock songs. Um, okay. He do you like the Wheel of Time? The the series of the books? books.
1: Yeah. I have not actually read it. Uh,
0: he did a really awesome uh album recently called The Wheel of Rhyme. It's it's yeah. it's it's great. Uh anyway, he uh he and I got together to do an episode for my other podcast in which we counted down our top 10 favorite Michael Kill songs and um at the end because he's been on my show a couple of times I said we need to bring you back and and, and it, the the turtles came up, the IDW Turtles run and he loves the turtles and he said IDW's run is the best run of the turtles ever. And
1: uh, really they it is like, it's taking so much from like every version of the turtles throughout. And it's culminating it into something that's touches on the fun, but also the seriousness of like the original run. It's just.
0: Yeah. I'm reading, I'm reading the first collection right now. I think I just started issue three and, uh, and then him and I will, we'll get together later on down the line and talk about that first collection. So yeah, I'll get there, but, uh, that's funny you bring that up because i was just talking to him two days ago and the turtles came up
1: yeah. um there is somewhere online there's a list of reading order that includes all the mini series yeah to to when to read that them in between the other collections okay because they i know they've they've had a bunch of mini series yeah.
0: yeah well yeah um, like I guess I think I, I think I just started issue three this morning Um and I used to read the turtles back in the day, like back in the old black and white days when they were with Mirage. And I read more, you know, because the original series, of course, back then, just as much as it is now, uh, were really hard to get new issues because they were very independent but as they started to blow up a bit self-published that's they certainly were were, hey tying it back around um they they did another series at one point when they started getting more popular called tales of the the tmnt Mm -hmm. which was more of an anthology and had different creators on it and uh, that's the one i was really into but as i'm reading these three issues i'm i'm yeah i'm really finding it interesting the way that they are kind of tying in the origin and bringing Casey Jones into it. And, uh, general Krang, uh, it's, it's so far. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to moving forward on it.
1: Yeah. They have, as they go forward, they are basically pulling nothings off the table.
0: Yeah. So you, were you a big fan of the cartoon? I think you're about that age. Is that, I was prime age for, yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 a little older than you. So I think by the time the cartoon came around, I was just like, nah, because, you know, I was a big fan of the movies, as cheesy as they were. I love the movies. But
1: there there was the first one was I think it still holds up. Oh, yeah, I agree. And I I was
0: sulfur and I had the exact same conversation. uh, But the the second the, the third one, which apparently is the one that is despised by most. I actually like it better than the second one. I, I'm a big fan of the third one. I remember really liking it. I would
1: it. have to see it again. It's it's been so long. But in concept, it's not terrible that they, they got they wind up in, you know, feudal Japan. Yeah. The ninjas works. It brings in the idea of the uh, the Time Scepter, which was a thing from the comics.
0: Yeah. I just I it's been forever since I've watched it. But I did see it in the theaters, and I remember walking out of the theater going, "That was really good. That was very refreshing." I
1: think very if refreshing. they cut all the the shenanigans with the samurai that were dumped into modern day, it probably yeah. would have been better. Yeah, that's true.
0: But yeah, I just you know the thing about I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna turn into one of those one of those old school fans there for a second. It's like when the when the cartoon came out, you know, it was all about. Pizza and, and, and you know, the movies were the same way, but I, I
1: think I had I mean, I, a hard anti-pizza agenda here.
0: That's that's exactly what it is. There's too too many carbs. That's that's what it comes down to. But it's it's like uh, for me, I completely understand it, though, because had I been at that age, had I been your age? Oh, my God, I, I would have totally been into that cartoon. It's like the people my age who were totally into G.I. Joe and Transformers.
1: Mm-hmm. Which hold up much better than the Turtles cartoon. Does.
0: Yeah, maybe,
1: maybe. <laughs> I've seen some clips recently, and I'm like, wow, this is not so great. Yeah. But man, they, they made some great action figures.
0: Yeah, the action
1: figures were cool.
0: All right. Well, um, the book, it's called Secret Highways and Other Stories. I keep, I, I have to keep looking at it. I hope that doesn't offend you. But for some reason... I'm deeply, deeply hurt. Well, because... Be- I keep thinking of, because your, your comic, uh, Strange... I know I know it's Strange something, right? Strange Places. Strange Places. Because of Stranger Things and because of the the Star Trek show, the the Stranger Thing is just in my head all the time now.
1: And so... Oh, that, that reminds me of a funny story. So I came up with the title Strange Places before Stranger yeah. Things came out. Right. And some, like, kid... And when I say kid, I mean like an 11-year-old got all up in my case at a con once. It was like, so are you just trying to like copy their name? And I'm like, I just, you know, it's a different title. And it's like, yeah, well, you shouldn't try to copy the name of our show. And I'm like, our show. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Was it, was it one of the kids? Was it? (laughs) No. (laughs)
1: It was just some random kid. Uh,
0: Jeez. Yeah. That's a, that's a toxic fanboy in the making right there.
1: I, Hey, Stay away from Star Wars. I bless them for loyalty, I guess. Yeah. But,
0: but yeah, so <laughs> I think you know, I know secret highways, but I'm thinking of strange places, and so, so I always, so it becomes strange highways. Yeah, I I don't want to accidentally say strange highways, so I, I got to keep I got to look at it. That's okay. I keep trying to slip up and say stale highways. <laughs> That's. That sounds really boring, doesn't it? <laughs> Here's my new book, Stale Highways, where nothing really happens. People just drive from place to place and Yeah. It's it's the Seinfeld of of a twilight zone short stories.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the episode where nothing ha- the twist is nothing happens. Nothing happens.
0: So right now it's at, it's at Amazon, um 6 dollars with the Kindle, 16 for paperback. Not bad. Good pricing. Do you do, uh, do, have you started using draft to digital? The what in the what now? Now? All right. Uh, when you get a chance, Google draft to digital, it's the number two. Uh, there are another, basically if, uh, if you want to get your book out in a lot of other places, draft to digital is your second stop. So you got Amazon, that's the major place. You go to draft to digital it's going to send it out to, to a lot of other places. It's also going to put it on Hoopla Digital for libraries, um, which uh, the only sales I get nowadays, and it's not much every month, but it's from people checking out the books through Hoopla Digital to their library. So Ooh. that's, you know, that that's an option. It will there, there's the draft to digital is basically. They do a number of, of really awesome things for self publishers, and one of them is you, you you upload your your book, and then yeah, you choose all these different other uh, retail places to put it. Um, that so, is interesting. Yeah, anything other than an it. Amazon. Uh, matter of right. fact, I think you It'll, can even because Walmart now because Walmart is, cause is so money goes funny. through Amazon. Yeah, they're. Well, they're wanting. They're they're competing. They're trying to compete with Amazon now on on the, on the internet space. And so, technically, they have their own ebook area, and you can get them into the to the Walmart. Have you there looked as well, much
1: so. at the um, Amazon Vellum service?
0: Remind me what it is, because they had a
1: bunch that of. That seems ones. it's it's basically the the subsection of the Kindle Direct for like serialized stories yes i have looked into that it's interesting because it's another another kind of storytelling that that would be a great like pantser way to yeah
0: yep yep yeah. Yeah. yeah some of the some of the uh the self-publishing folks that i followed near the beginning of when i started out that's how uh before vellum became a thing uh, that's how they got their recognition. They would go out there and they would uh, serialize all their stories before they started doing full mm-hmm. novels. And, you know, they, um,
1: the old, was, uh, the old version of it back in the day would have been like the zines.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, and and in fact, uh, yeah, it's really interesting because I did check into it and I was going to do, uh, I was going to serialize something at one point, but knowing the way my, creative output works where i could have three months where i'm just banging stuff out and then suddenly have six months where it's just nothing just not feeling creative at all Mm. something like that's only going to work for me if i already have it completed you know and then
1: start releasing it serialized and you don't want to do it in a way that where you're just creating the extra stress for yourself exactly When uh, when, in terms of self-publishing, because you're not going to pay for it like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll work with a deadline if there's, you know, monetary gain to be had there. I I often find cause stress. Yeah. I often
0: find deadlines do work for me, but only up to a certain point, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think I think the serialized discipline. It does. I just don't have any. And I'm an old dog, so I can't be taught new tricks. That's that's the rule. It's in the books. But uh, I think it's a very interesting cross stretch. Yes, people have put it on pillows and stuff. I think it's a very interesting model and uh, um, would love to do it. And I think I think it's really I think it's a really good idea. Unfortunately, a lot of people take like their full novel and they just release it one chapter at a time like that and it's like that's which is that's not, not really, really yeah that's not serialized it's it, it's, it's it needs to be episodic you know it almost needs to yeah. be a full story each in each chapter yeah
1: or in. all intentionally designed to right we're going to we are going to like movie serial this where we have the cliffhanger and then yeah
0: yeah, it's it's, you know, and it's it's the kind of stories that we grew up with reading old Marvel and DC comics. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, every issue ends with a with a cliffhanger uh, that is quickly resolved in the next issue and then off to the next uh, story. Basically, is, yep. is how a lot of that works. So, yeah. All right. Well, um, Keith, uh, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, this is we've talked many times through email, but I think this is the first time we've done a. Uh, I face think
1: face. back in the day, um, Ultra Friends Go. Maybe I'm
0: old. My memory doesn't work very well. <laughs> I really, I yeah. I'm sure we did. Ultra Friends Go. Yeah, man, I remember that a little. Way back. That's old school stuff. That was that was my first round of just another fanboy, wasn't it? That was way back in two thousand six, seven, eight, somewhere around there.
1: I'm not even sure. You'd have to ask Harold. He might. Yeah. Good lord. You're bringing His up kids memories. Were actually kids and uh, instead of full grown yeah. adults. And
0: I was going to say y'all were babies, but Harold's actually Harold's the exact same age as me. He just he's he was born in March. I'm, I was born in July. So he's a little bit older. So he's I like to call him old man. But. <laughs> so if you know how old Harold is and you know how old I'm about to be in, in July.
1: 15th. We're going to put on our black <laughs> crazy. What? We're just going to put it all over the Internet. Yep. Harold's all look at this.
0: That's the, whole, the the theme of this episode. Really, we were just all of that was to get to this point.
1: Yes, my Harold whole Jeanette life is, is old. to get to this point.
0: <laughs> He's older than all of us. Yay! <laughs> Makes us feel better about ourselves. Just like right. pushing over a toddler because it's easy. <laughs> Makes you feel just a little bit of power for just a little bit of That's time. That's right. <laughs> so, all right. So this will go up. On Tuesday, right? Yeah, Tuesday, 24th. So this will be my Tuesday episode. So you can look for Ooh. it then. I haven't quite come up with the title yet. Um, right now, I'm, I'm pushing it. over a kid with Keith Cunningham. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking you're just going with a straightforward self-publishing with Keith Cunningham. That works. Or, uh, or traveling a secret highway, something like that. I don't know. Uh. But uh, I'll have to come up with some kind of, I'm looking at your book again. I may I may use uh, your cover for some artwork. I always do a little oh, little thing with some artwork for the title page. Title page. Listen to me sounding all important, <laughs> but for the yeah. fans. For the fans. Yep. All right, dude. Uh, it was good right. talking to you. Um, yeah. Go enjoy the rest of your Sunday, uh, doing whatever it is you do, in in, in the in the in, in the Sundays of your life. Often What's your perfect Sunday? Nappy. Was that from Hot Fuzz? <laughs> Describe your perfect Sunday. I think that was from Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Those are some good movies. Have you seen Last Night in Soho? I have not, not yet. No. It's good. Very good. Yeah. That I was not funny. But <laughs> no. I also haven't seen, is it Baby Driver? Is that the other movie he did? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen that one yet either. Not sure why. It's like if, if Simon Pegg and Nick Frost aren't in it, what's the point? Even though Scott Pilgrim versus the world was, is one of my favorites. That's a, that's a great movie.
1: No vegan diet, no vegan powers.
0: Once you were a vegan, now you will be gone. Yeah. All right, dude, I'll let you go. Um, I'm sure my dog needs me. I've been ignoring him. He's not, he's asleep. (laughs) What a life. Yeah. Sleep all day. All right. That's that. That's what I would go for if I could. Yeah. No, but you got stuff to create. Yep. You gotta you gotta work on that next book in, in, in starring a uh, your main character will be a cartoonist who um, does a podcast about cartooning. That's as far as I go. See, that's that's by that's where my creativity is right now.
1: I was trying to think. You want know, to point weird, people in the direction and let them go.
0: Sold your soul to the devil to uh, create the ultimate cartoon, create the ultimate web comic. No, that's not good. That's not good at all. It's too close to real life. You have a crossroads demon in one of your stories. Are you a supernatural fan? I know that's not where uh, crossroads I've never demons seen it. come from. Okay. They're one of their one of their big elements is is crossroad demons. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm not going to push you towards supernatural. I mean, it's only 15 seasons worth of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's that too. too much commitment for it. <laughs> it's a, it's a lot of stuff. It's worth it's it. It's like a prequel coming out, too. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Plus the Plus the, the two guys are just really good looking, you know,
1: makes me feel bad about myself. Well, that's okay. It's okay to to acknowledge that there are better looking people out there. No, no, I have to be the best. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right. As long as you have goals. That's right. All right. All right uh, I'll talk to you later, man. Thanks for coming on. Have a good one. Bye. there you go, folks. That was a long talk. We covered many topics. Uh, we delved into self-publishing quite a bit because I do find it rather interesting. I find it an interesting subject since, you know, I've done it. I I want to do it again. Um, I just have to finish writing the 20 or so stories <laughs> that i started. started. Um, yeah, but that's the episode. So, of course, as I always say, if you want to Provide me with any feedback. I have an email address. I have a phone number that you can call and leave a voicemail, or you can use the phone number to send me a text. I honestly don't have any of that information in front of me. Well, the email address, just anotherfanboy at gmail.com. I've 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 rather memorized that one. But the phone number I don't have memorized yet, and I don't have it in front of me, but it's in the show notes. So please feel free to do that. Also feel free to rate and review us over on your podcasting app of choice providing they allow you to do that. And of course, you know, just spread the word, Thunderbird, tell everybody about the show. Much appreciated. You can also join us over at the Patreon, patreon.com slash R. Or. And for as little as a dollar a month, um, you're gonna get stuff like my other podcast a week before everybody else. I try to get these episodes out to my patrons earlier than what you regular folks you know, when you regular folks, uh, I'm going to bear down on the regular folks thing because I've said it twice now. And uh, uh, I'm going to say it again. When you regular folks get this, I try to make it available earlier to the patrons. I've been failing quite often there. And uh, hopefully the month that I take off in June, I'll be able to use some of that time to get ahead of the game because I would like to, whenever possible, record and release everything on the patron, the patron, the Patreon a week, before it goes out to you regular folks. <laughs> I don't mean that as a slight regular folks, because uh, I'm just as regular as everybody else. But you get that for a dollar a month, and plus you're you're helping me to uh, pay all my podcasting bills and whatnot. Other than that, folks, I really don't have anything else to say to, to wrap this up. I know that we're going to get a JAF Classic episode on Thursday. I have no idea what it's about because I haven't listened to it. Uh, since it was released back in i think we're in january of 2007 at this point point. and then next week you will get episode number 266 the the episode that goes out before i go on vacation and then uh just wait to see what you get in june be nice to each other Daddy. Bye bye daddy.
1: Good job. <laughs>